It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. Hi, what's going on? Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. I do appreciate it. The show is made possible by patrons like Jonathan, Meredith, Dennis, Terrence and Teresa, Rebecca and Taylor, Yuri, Larry, David, Patty, Trudy. Thanks so much for your support. The show is literally made possible by patrons. So uh, if you enjoy the show and you want to help keep it going, then click on the link that's in the description of the podcast or go to the PeteCallenerShow.com. And you can get a link at the top there to become a patron. You get exclusive content like the live stream. And um, you also get the stickers. You get the swag as well. Not that you're doing it for the bumper stickers, but you're totally doing it for the bumper stickers. I get it. (laughs) Um, All right. So uh, as of the recording time right now, Democrats look like they're going to take control of the Senate by way of a tie. And I know that sounds weird if you don't understand how all of the Senate operations work, uh, but I will get into that. But it looks like that the two races in Georgia, these two runoff races for U.S. Senate, both went for the Democrats, and that means they're going to take control of uh, not just the House, not just the White House, but also now the U.S. Senate So good times. Meanwhile, the Republicans are busy tearing each other apart over who is to blame for the loss. You've got the Trump wing saying that it is the GOP establishment rhino deep state loving wing of the Republican Party. Like they're the reason why uh, uh, they lost because they ran these terrible candidates that were insufficiently pro-Trump. Meanwhile, you have the... Uh, the Republican establishment rhino wing, I don't know what else to call them, or the anti-Trump, the never-Trump wing. Um, They're like, Donald Trump is the reason for this. Uh, You know, people didn't turn out because he told them that it was all rigged and their votes didn't matter and the election was stolen. And so that's the reason why we're in this mess. And it's becoming very clear that people on both sides of this, and look, and this has been the case for a while, they really don't like each other. There are two camps inside the Republican Party, and they really don't like each other. Now, I don't know what that means, because right now all it means is Democrats were going to keep winning. That's what that means to me. I don't like that very much. I'm not a registered Republican, and I haven't been for a long time, precisely because of this kind of division and party politics that is involved. I don't care for it. Um, And so you've got... These two factions, the, uh, you know, the leadership wing, if you will, the establishment wing, the Mitch McConnell wing of the Republican Party, the same group that put down the Tea Party insurrection, that populist movement, right? You got that wing. They really think that Trump supporters are gross. They just don't like them. They're all about, you know, uh, their QAnon conspiracy theories and uh, their cult of personality. They think Donald Trump can do no wrong. They love him. They think he's playing 18-dimensional chess and all of this, right? They just don't like Trump supporters. And then you got the Trump supporters that are like, we really hate the Mitch McConnell establishment wing of the Republicans. We hate them more than Democrats, right? We, We don't like them at all. We would rather burn this all to the ground. And it's kind of funny because you've got the bulwark people Right. The dispatch people, these never Trump Republicans, the Lincoln Project, these guys who went out, raised millions of dollars targeting Trump and every Republican in order to burn down the GOP. These are supposedly conservative people. Right. They're trying to burn down the Republican Party and they think that somehow or another this is going to, uh, I don't know, reinvigorate the party. I don't see that happening. Uh, I don't see how people that you've excised from the party whose votes you need are somehow or another going to keep showing up and voting for you. So this is where the Republican Party is completely out of balance. That's the way it looks to me. Uh, These two groups that used to have to uh, rely on each other to win, they are now apparently not interested in winning at all ever again. So. Enjoy the descent into uh, statism, because that's what Democrats are promising. We're going to get to all of that. So, yeah, we're going to get to all of that. First, going to get to this. Growers Hemp, sponsor of the program today. Growershemp.com is the website. These are North Carolina farmers 
who said, you know what, we're going to raise hemp on the family farm and we are going to uh, create the manufacturing side of it as well. So we control the whole business from seed all the way to shelf. And that means you, the consumer, you will get uh, better quality and you get a lower price. And I've had people who have tried CBD products in the past that have tried Grower's Hemp, and they tell me that they prefer Grower's Hemp. They like the taste of it. Uh, also, they find it to be more potent because you know some people have gotten some bunk CBD in the past. And this is why Grower's Hemp says they're about the hemp and not the hype, because their whole mission is to grow great crops turn them into great products, and help people on their wellness journey. So what are you looking for? Are you looking for a balanced state of mind? Are you looking for a deeper sleep? That's why I started taking it. Right before I go to bed, I take a couple of CBD drops. And uh, in the past, my whole life actually, I would lay in bed for like half an hour to an hour every single night trying to get to sleep, and I could never just fall right asleep. I envied the people that would just, you know, oh, as soon as I hit the pillow, I'm out. Like that rarely ever happened for me. I had to be exhausted, you know, um, and so I take the CBD drops. Now it happens every night for me. So add the natural alternative growers, hemp, full spectrum hemp extract to your daily routine and uh, let me know how it works for you. So as with all CBD products, I have to give you this disclaimer. GovCo requires it. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. And nothing I have said is meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from your healthcare provider. So consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. Go to growershemp.com and use the promo code PETE and you'll get 20% off. Growershemp.com, promo code PETE for 20% off. From North Carolina farmers to your home, Growers Hemp is about the hemp and not the hype. So first, let's get to some of these results <clears throat> from the Georgia runoff. And again, this is as of recording time. Some of these, well, none of these are actually finalized. I think there are still like 2% of the votes that are still left to be counted. Um, and, and I'm going to get to this. Well, I might as well point this out right out of the gate here. Uh, Katie Pavlich at Fox News was exactly right. She said the stopping of the voting, the delaying of the counting or uh, counting very late into the night. All of these are reasons why people believe that elections are rigged. Okay. It's shady. It always has been. I've been covering elections in North Carolina for over 20 years now. And uh, when you mask these processes from the public, when you stop voting, send everybody home, bring them all back, leave places unattended, don't let people in to see stuff, right? When you change the rules right before election day through lawsuits and such, all of that undermines confidence in the elections. And I think this has driven a lot of people away from the polls. I think that the constant talk about uh, the rigging the election to the point where, you know, Trump actually won, that that has that that in Georgia drove down turnout. I know people who have said they don't intend to vote anymore because what's the point? They So it's surrender is what that is. They're surrendering. So all of that has an impact. And this is coming from me. And I have talked about actual vote fraud, actual election fraud that has occurred throughout my 20 years in media. It does occur and it needs to be rooted out. It needs to be guarded against. It needs to be uh, the election systems need to be protected. And there is one party that usually is opposed to those types of efforts. And I can assume why, but we're not going to get anywhere until we have these elections that are short up to the point where people feel confident enough to vote. You want to raise turnout? That's how you do it. Make people believe that their vote matters and people will go vote. But if they don't believe their vote matters, they will not. Georgia is a perfect example of it. All right. So as of uh, the last look that I took, you've got two different races going on. you got uh John Ossoff and David Perdue versus their uh, Perdue is the incumbent Republican Ossoff, the Democrat. He is leading 
uh, 50.2% of the vote to 49.8% of the vote. There's like 16,000 votes that separate them out of more than 4 million cast. Then you've got Raphael Warnock. He has apparently beaten Kelly Leffler, uh 50.6% to 49.4%. And I think you got to be within a 0.5%, so half a percentage point margin of victory. Uh, and then the loser can uh, declare... Uh, a, a recount, right? They can ask for a recount if it's within half a percentage point. So it looks like Warnock, the uh, pro-Castro, uh, Israel-hating, wife-beaten, accused, allegedly, um, you know, pastor, apparently uh, he did better against his opponent who, uh, you know, she was the one who was accused of the insider trading. Uh, and then you got David Perdue, who uh, I was not always... I'm not terribly impressed with either of them, with actually any of these candidates, but I don't live in Georgia, so who cares? Um, although now that they're out, it's going to mean uh, a lot of trouble for Americans because Democrats will now control uh, the House, the Senate and the White House. But John Ossoff uh, apparently has not been I've, I've seen some media outlets declare him to be the winner, but that one is really still very close. But I, I'm going to assume that Ossoff is going to win as well. So the Senate is going to be split 50 50. 50 Democrats, 50 Republicans. All the Republicans had to do was win one of these seats, and they they couldn't pull it out. So this means then in a 50-50 split, the vice president gets to cast tie-breaking votes on any measure if that vote is a 50-50 split, obviously. So if you've got partisan lines, you know, uh, voting lines over a measure, then Kamala Harris is going to be the tie-breaking vote every time. And I also wonder here... Does this endanger her for a presidential run? You know, when Joe Biden is deemed unfit for the office or, you know, he he passes away or something because he's like a million years old. Whenever that happens, because this everybody like everybody assumes this is the case, right? Like a vote for Biden wasn't a vote for Biden. It was a vote for Kamala Harris. That's the way people on the left saw it. And it's the way a lot of people on the right saw it as well. Um, unless Well, True. Right. Unless it's unless you're like a really moderate, squishy Republican, then you thought that you were voting for Biden. <laughs> but yeah, uh, you're voting for Obama's third term. That's what you're voting for. And so as is evident in Biden's announced appointments, they're all Obama retreads. So this is his third term. Good job, everybody. So uh, you've got a 50-50 split. Harris ca- uh, is going to cast deciding votes here uh, until she becomes president. But I wonder uh, if you know, Biden makes it the full term and then says he's not running for a second term. I do wonder if getting her on the record for a lot of these votes is going to cause her problems if she has to run, uh, if she has to run, you know, for president in four or eight years on that record. Because that's the nice thing about being the vice president. You don't really have that kind of a record in the Senate. But now like it's all going to be on her. Every single controversial vote that is a 50-50 split, it's all going to be on her. And she's not going to be able to dodge that. She can't run from that. Now, maybe that prompts Democrats to uh, to dial back the crazy somewhat. <laughs> That's a relative term. OK, so it is a relative term, but maybe it, it forces the Democrats to to moderate somewhat. It also greatly empowers Joe Manchin the Democratic senator from West Virginia, who for his entire political career in the U.S. Senate has always cast himself, uh, well, I guess even before when he was governor, he always cast himself as this, you know, good kind of Democrat. I'm a blue dog Democrat. I I can be reasoned with. I'm a rational guy. I'm not a leftist moonbat, right? This has always been his pitch, but then he always tends to vote with the Democratic leadership. Or he'll throw a vote to the Republican side when it doesn't matter. So now we're going to find out whether or not Joe Manchin really is a blue dog Democrat or if he's a yellow dog Democrat. And a yellow dog Democrat is one that would vote for a yellow dog if it were a Democrat. That's where that phrase comes from. So uh, just a partisan ally who's pretending to be, you know, persuadable, moderate in the middle. Like if there is there going to be, well, I don't know. I doubt Chuck Schumer would allow some sort of a pro-life or abortion rule or something to come forward in the next two years because that's what we got to deal with now. Two years. Right. Two years. That's what we have uh, for the next two years is look. It looks like complete Democrat control of the House, the Senate and the White House. 
So it empowers guys like Manchin, but also um, Kristen Cinema and Mark Kelly from Arizona, the two Democratic senators from Arizona. Yeah, Republicans lost that state, too. Um, so you've got these three that are supposedly moderate Democrats. And maybe they don't want to get squeezed in a red slash purplish kind of state by a leftist agenda in the Senate. But I'm not so sure, because if Democrats make a run for this, which is what I think they will do, I think they're going to make a run for this. I think they're going to do what they need to do in the next two years to ensure that they never lose another election again. I'll explain in a minute. First, let me tell you about Rowena Patton and her all-star powerhouse team. When I got here in 2012 to the Asheville area, uh, I um, the first person that ever advertised on my show, I met Rowena Patton. And she has been with me from the from that very first day all the way till now. It's been almost a decade. And trust me, I have had realtors in my life buying and selling homes. I've had some good ones and I've had some not so good ones. Rowena's the best. I'm using her right now to buy a house. Christy and I are buying a house. If you are thinking about buying or selling, you need to call her. She is the only agent that I would recommend and the only one that I called. 333-4483 is her phone number. Her website is mountainhomehunt.com. She outsells 99% of the realtors in the entire state. Uh, and she's only she's the uh, only official Homes for Heroes agent in Asheville. It's a national program, Homes for Heroes, that gives buyers and sellers 25% back from the realtor commissions. This goes to police officers, firefighters, healthcare professionals, and educators, as well as members of the military, so veterans, active duty, and retirees. She's given back about $800,000 so far to folks in those professions. So give her a call. Put her to work for you at 333-4483 or go to the website mountainhomehunt.com and then start packing because she's going to get your house sold fast and for more money. It's what she does. All right. So why do I think the Democrats are going to just make a run for as much control and power in perpetuity as they can in the next two years? Well, I think they're going to make this run because they're not confident in their ideas winning at the ballot box. And this is what they will tell you. If you listen to them, they will tell you this. Um, it's, it's never that their ideas are rejected when they lose, right? It's always that they didn't obviously explain these ideas well enough or those evil republicans mischaracterized my ideas they called me a socialist you know and it's so it's never that the ideas are bad it's always that you just don't understand their ideas so if they can get control put all their ideas in place uh and then you'll realize how fantastic these ideas were and you'll never vote them out You'll always vote for people who defend these ideas. And if you want a recent example of it, it's Obamacare, right? They said, just do it, and then it will never be able to be undone because people will like it so much. And it's been, what, 10 years now. So that's what you get with Democrats. They're going to force as much as they can in the next two years. Except now, instead of things like Obamacare, I suspect what they're going to do is attempt to pack the U.S. Supreme Court which contrary to Webster's redefinition of it, based on what Democrats demanded it be redefined as, it's actually it actually means expanding the number of seats on the U.S. Supreme Court. So this way, Joe Biden and the Democrats will be able to stuff as many Democrats onto the court as necessary. So Republicans, or I should say Republican appointments, people who believe in following you know, what the law says and not divining new interpretations based on whatever the current zeitgeist is, um, that these people now will have complete control over, quote, interpreting the law. It will become a super legislative uh, body. OK, the judicial branch will be transformed into a policymaking branch. So they're going to do that. And, well, I don't know. I suspect they will do it because Joe Biden hasn't come out and said he's not interested in doing it. He hasn't said, we're going to find out, I guess, right? We're going to find out whether Joe Biden supports it or not, or whether that was just a lie that the Democrats told their voters in order to get them motivated to um, to vote Democrat in the November election. We're going to find out. Uh, also, statehood for Puerto Rico, Washington, D.C., and which I think would actually require a constitutional amendment for Washington, D.C., but they're going to try for it, I suspect. I mean, this is what they have told me, right? They have said they want, and maybe even Guam. So they want three new states admitted into the union. Why? So they can get more U.S. senators. Because 
They know they would not be look, they would not be demanding another state be created if that state's going to be Republican, right? Of course not. <laughs> They're not interested in that. They're not interested in giving Republicans more representation in the U.S. Senate. They think they think Republicans have too many uh, too much already. They they don't think that small states should have the same number of U.S. senators as big states do because they don't represent as you know the same amount of people. It's a smaller state. They don't have as many people. Right? These are people. The Democrats are also the ones who have been talking about blowing up the electoral college. So I suspect they're going to try to do that. Like I don't know how they intend to do it. These are the things that they said they want to do, which is why I suspect they're going to make a run for it. They're going to try to do what they can so this way they can cement power in perpetuity because they don't trust the voters to vote for their ideas. So they're going to pack these um, these agencies or not agencies, these branches of government. They're going to reconstruct the uh, the fundamental uh, infrastructure of our system in order to make it uh, more structurally advantageous for them, right? They don't believe Republicans should be in power at all. They think they should be in power because they're the party of government and Republicans don't like government. So you can't put them in charge of it. So they're, I, I suspect they're going to make efforts to try to stiff arm the GOP conservatives, limited government types to stiff arm them out of government forever or as long as possible. Okay. I don't know if they'll be successful. This is what they've been saying. Chuck Schumer sent out a tweet that said, buckle up. What do you think that means? Okay. Ezra Klein, he's a liberal, uh, started Vox.com. He says, the key question now is whether congressional Democrats facing purple or red electorates learned the lesson of 2010. You win re-election by, re- by delivering real benefits to people fast, not by shrinking and slowing bills that would improve lives in a performance of moderation. What is he advocating there? Get stuff done fast, right? Just push, just push everything through. Just ram it through. By the way, reconciliation, how Democrats did Obamacare, expect to see more of that. Brian Fallon, who is the executive director of Demand Justice, he's also formerly um, with the U.S. Senate Justice Department and the Hillary Clinton campaign. He said, make D.C. a state, restore the Voting Rights Act, eliminate the filibuster, reform the courts. That's the new narrative. That's the new talking point is reform the courts. By reforming the courts, they mean put Democrats on the bench. Make sure Democrats are the only people that get to rule on whether or not a law is constitutional. See, so when you control who gets to interpret all of the rules, all the laws that we follow, then uh, you can rewrite them to say whatever you need them to say at any given time. Right. Uh, And then he says revive democracy, which is just ridiculous. This idea that again, again, worst voter suppression ever. Again, the, the runoff in in Georgia yesterday saw somewhere in the neighborhood about like 88 to 90 something percent of turnout from the November election, which was already a record high, like massive turnout in the November race and now the runoff. But we're supposed to believe that voter suppression is occurring. It's just asinine. But these people are allowed to get away with saying this stuff because we we don't have an honest media. We have a media that pretends one side is bad, one side is good. And so anytime the bad side says anything, we got to fact check that. Right. But when the good side says something that might not be accurate, it's, you know, we know what they meant. And it's for a good cause. It's a noble lie. And uh, if they even look at it at all, our media is garbage. And that's a huge part of our problem as well. Matthew Iglesias, part of this garbage pile, says reasonable people can disagree on the wisdom of bigger versus more timid expansions of Medicare and Medicaid. But that's where all the effort should go. Take the programs people have heard of and that they like and make them bigger. Right. This is the explicit call. This is the pressure that the Senate and the House and the White House are all going to be under. They're not listening to conservatives anymore on this. They don't need to. They're not going to listen to Republicans. They don't need to listen to the half of the country that said, we don't like Democrats and we don't like your policies. They're not going to listen to them. They're going to ram through as much as they can because they think they have a majority of the population's uh, support for all of their programs. 
And if they don't, it's simply because we don't understand their programs and policies well enough. But once we put them in place, then we'll totally love them. And honestly, when you uh, make the decision for people to trade their liberty for security, they usually don't demand it back. They just go along. And that's what we're seeing. There are in this COVID pandemic stuff, right? The response, there are a lot of people who are okay with someone else making the decisions for them and taking care of them. That's where we are now. It's kind of amazing. I didn't think that, um, I didn't think that there was that big of a population in America that would just go along with some of this stuff, but here we are. Here we are. Uh, All right, let me get to some more reaction here. This is from Sean Trend at Real Clear Politics. He says, a lot of the apocalyptic, joyous rhetoric on both sides of Georgia is likely going to run into the reality of Joe Manchin sometime in early February. Democrats will get all their judges through, which isn't nothing, and they can reshape spending priorities with the reconciliation process. Uh, And that's not nothing either. But the really big structural changes are unlikely to come about unless Manchin decides to turn around and nuke the filibuster. And I'm going to bet he will. I'm going to bet that the rhetoric that we have heard from Joe Manchin has been just that. I don't believe he's principled. I stand, I mean, I would happy to be corrected if this bears out to be not true. I would love for that to be the case. But as it stands right now, I assume that all of this has just been lip service. And when push comes to shove, they're going to need his vote and he's going to give it to them. They're going to blow up the filibuster. And once they do that, they will start packing the court they will start you know they'll expand the number of seats on the u.s supreme court which is what packing means not simply appointing democrats to you know vacant seats i'm saying expand the number of seats on the supreme court because that's what court packing means i suspect he will go along with these big structural changes because i i don't think he's running for re-election i think he's done after this so who cares right in his mind just a guess, just speculation. I hope I'm wrong. Something I know I'm not wrong about, though, is General Equipment Rental. Yeah, General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. They're at the intersection of Merriman Avenue and Reams Creek Road. They're family-owned and operated, have been for three generations, and uh, they've got the tool that you need to get whatever job you're looking to do done right and well and on time. Okay, so if you are, I mentioned this the other day, my uh, sister and her husband, uh, apparently they had some leaky faucet in their bathtub and, uh, the next thing, you know, they, so they start, <laughs> they started messing around with that. And the next thing, uh, I get a picture and the tub is completely ripped out of the wall. <laughs> it's all, all the tile is down to the studs and everything. And it's just like, uh, okay. Might've bitten off a little bit too much here, especially like two days before your Christmas break ends. But (laughs) if that's the way you do projects, you may be realizing, you know what? I don't think I have the right tool for this job. So head on over to General Equipment Rental and get the right tool for the job. And by the way, they'll, they'll help you pick that out and they'll show you how to use the tools as well. So you are completely confident and armed with the knowledge necessary to get the job done. So homeowners, general contractors, small jobs, big ones, doesn't matter. They've got all the tools for any job you need done. Go to General Equipment Rental in Weaverville. Go to their website, generalrents.com. And tell them you heard it here on the podcast. I appreciate that. General Equipment Rental. Think outside your toolbox. So Benjamin Weingarten, he is an author. He's a senior contributor at the uh, at the Federalist. He's a columnist for Newsweek as well. And he says, I don't know if people are fully grasping what it's going to mean for the United States uh, if these two seats in the presidency are gone. It'll be absolutely catastrophic you cannot undo a mass amnesty which probably could happen mass amnesty by joe biden and the democrats right to just do an amnesty so it it, that would take care of the whole immigration debate and just get rid of it for you know what 15 years according uh, because like if history is any indication right reagan did the amnesty the issue goes away for a while and everybody go good we don't have to uh, you know, touch that third rail anymore for a while, right? So do a mass amnesty and then, you know, go out and tell people, hey, you know, you're a citizen because of me. Vote Democrat. How do you undo statehood for Puerto Rico or Guam? How do you undo 
a United States Supreme Court that is now 21 members large and all but six of them are Democrats. Like, how do you undo some of that stuff? Okay. You probably couldn't touch voter integrity uh, evisceration measures either. Okay. Democrats are going to continue just like they did before the election when they went around to all of the states, North Carolina included, uh, and sued our state governments and then entered into these collusion type agreements uh, with uh, fellow Democratic members of these agencies and Democratic uh, uh, executives, right? Governor's office and uh, attorney general's office, right? They, they entered into these agreements ahead of time. And what did those agreements do, right? They, they loosened the protections for voter integrity for election integrity. Do you think that uh, continues or do you think they dial that back once they have complete control? I'm thinking they I'm thinking they continue to strip away election protection measures. Absolutely. And they'll say it's all, you know, to make sure everybody votes. Well, um considering the voter turnout we have seen in the last 4 years, I'm thinking it's not really a problem with turnout any longer, okay? Um what's more, He says this is to say nothing of the lockdowns, right? Do you think Democrats who have been locking stuff down, do you think they are more or less empowered now? Do you think a national mandate for the mask? Do you think that's coming? I do. How exactly do they intend to enforce this? Don't know. Don't know. Why? Well, because a lot of media didn't think to ask him if they even had an opportunity to do so. Right. In his, you know, once every two week press availability on a Zoom call, um, nobody had thought to ask him, say, how exactly do you enforce a national mask mandate? Think about that. How do you enforce that? What government agency are you going to empower to go punish people for not wearing a piece of clothing? Interesting. Nobody asked. Um, what about environmental policies? Big tech coddling, weaponizing of bureaucracy against dissenters, institutionalization of wokeism, crippling taxation, bankrupt spending, aiding and abetting and enabling uh, communist China. Like all of these things are on the table now, according to Benjamin Weingarten. And those who are poo-pooing this assume the slim Democratic majority would prevent madness. First off, you have what he calls rhinos, right? You've got Republicans in name only, so you have Republicans that may go along with some of this stuff. Sure. Then Republicans and moderate Democrats are going to be subjected to the withering pressure and violence from radicals who control the Democratic Party. Do you think that the Democrats have been disabused of the idea that they can simply go and harass people at their homes in order to uh, to get what they want? Do you think that they're has been um, an education or uh, an epiphany moment for uh, these people who are showing up in front of elected officials' homes and vandalizing the homes and, and you know, screaming and chanting and threatening them out on their front lawns. Do you think that people are more or less emboldened to continue those types of actions? Why would you stop? Seriously, why would these people stop? It's worked so far. Bullying and... Uh, threatening people, right? Harassing people. It apparently works. On the the Democrats have shown that this works. You can go and burn down cities to get what you want. So uh, why would you stop employing the tactics when they've obviously resulted in success? Tim Poole, the podcaster, says the good news is that now with Democrats in full control, we can finally lock down the country for a couple of years to make sure that COVID goes away. That's See, he's always looking for the silver lining. <laughs> That's what you got to do in circumstances like this. Um, let me get back to some of the analysis here. Josh Holmes is the president and founding partner of Cavalry LLC. He's the former chief of staff and campaign manager to Mitch McConnell. And uh, he talked about the suburbs, the suburbs, my friends, the suburbs. He says, uh, I feel like a one trick pony, but here we are again. We went from talking about jobs and the economy to QAnon election conspiracies in four short years. And as it turns out, the suburbs were listening. Uh, Dan Isett, who works communications in the Texas state legislature, said, quote, uh, Democrats have the slimmest majority possible in Congress and a teetering old man as president. They're not some political juggernaut, <laughs> which which is true. 
But as I said earlier, they don't have to be. What they're going to do is to try to uh, to implement structural changes that empower them for as long as possible, right? Just like it's because the problem they were well aware, okay, that they ran into a problem in November where. Uh, you know, Trump may have lost, but all of the lower uh, races, the down ballot races, state lawmakers, they all won. Republicans won. So the problem for the Democrats is they're not going to control the redistricting. And so they don't get to draw the lines. So they're not going to get to win back a you know majority in the House of Representatives for a long time. So the Republicans are actually now well positioned to take back the House in two years and the Senate, for that matter. Uh, And so that's what Democrats are going to be racing against, right? New district lines and the new elections, because Warnock, who just won, uh, Raphael Warnock, he has to go up for reelection in 2022. So when that happens, Republicans have a chance to win back control of both chambers of Congress. Now, will they? Don't know. Because, as I mentioned earlier, the Republican Party right now uh, is made up of two factions that really don't like each other. They don't. And what it looks like happened in Georgia is that the Trump voters stayed home. They refused to go vote for Republicans. Um, Let me see. Let me get to this is R.B. Pundit, who says maybe we'll test out that theory that giving Democrats complete control will somehow be good for conservatism. Yeah, this was the bulwark argument, right? These never Trumpers like Bill Kristol, Rick Wilson, Tom Nichols, uh, Tim Miller, uh, who else? I'm trying to run through a uh, Charlie Sykes uh, that, that, you know, their idea here was the GOP needs to be burned to the ground. Anybody who is supportive of Donald Trump, they have to be voted out. Right. You got to vote out Trump and we have to vote out everybody who aided and abetted Donald Trump. Anyone who was a Trumper has to be voted out, too. And that means giving the Democrats complete control of all the levers of government at the national level. This was their argument, and this, they said, would, quote, you know, conserve conservatism. That was their motto. This is how they save the Republican Party and conservatism. The way to do it is to put Democrats in charge. I did not come up with this rationale. This was their rationale. So, yeah, we're going to find out whether or not that's true. (laughs) Uh, I'm not so sure. But uh, we shall see. Kyle Becker, independent journalist, former associate producer and writer at Fox News, says that the same Democratic media complex that sought to delegitimize a duly elected president with the smear that he's a traitorous Russian asset, impeached him on a fake whistleblower hearsay and blame him for China's virus killing Americans doesn't give two bleeps about election fraud. And we all know it. Right. So if you think election fraud, by the way, Trump supporters who are all about, you know, election is uh, the fraud is the reason why Trump lost, not because of Trump. Um, And that's the reason why. Do you think Democrats now are interested in addressing the fraud? You think they're going to fix that for you? No. Eric Erickson out of Georgia, talk show host. He said, here's the problem for the GOP. When you look at the exit polling last night and where the voters came from and where they did not come from, college educated white voters and suburban women drifted back to the GOP. College educated white suburban women voted for the Republicans in these two races. That is something they did not do for Donald Trump. They did not vote for Trump. Trump voters, though, they stayed home. And the GOP cannot win without both of these groups. But both of these groups hate each other. This is the problem, right? That's the, this is the split that we are seeing today, the day after. You've got these two groups, and they really don't like each other. Here's a quote. Hang on a second. I've got one here from, uh, well, let me do this first. Uh, Reagan Battalion. This is a conservative news site. And then there is a populist conservative or Republican, not even Republican, a populist right-wing news site called the election wizard listen to the listen to their two takes on the results here's reagan battalion the conservative site says turns out that the election is rigged and your vote doesn't count not exactly a great motivator to get out the vote even if you follow it up with but go vote for great people like kelly leffler and david Perdue." right so he's So Reagan Battalion is putting this at the feet of Donald Trump, saying that when you tell people the election is rigged and your vote doesn't matter, they 
they are not motivated to go vote, even if you say, oh, but you should totally go out and vote for these two people. Meanwhile, the election wizard says, this is Mitch McConnell and the, the RNC's loss. It was totally avo- avoidable, but their arrogance and incompetence blocked their ability to understand that the Republican Party has vastly changed under Trump over the last four years, and the party is not going back to the Romney-Bush days. Now, both of them have elements of truth in it. I think they're both correct. I don't have to pick one or the other here, <laughs> right? You don't either. Just like with mattresses, you don't have to pick just one. You can have multiple new mattresses and you can get them at Mattress Man. And it's a great time to do that. Why? Because you can get some mattresses at 50% off. Go to mattressmanstores.com. Take a look at their inventory. Their selection that they've got, you're not going to find more types of beds. They've got them all. They've got Inner Spring pillow top, natural latex mattresses. They've got uh, the memory foam. Christy and I have the memory foam mattress. We're looking at probably picking up a new mattress uh, when we move as well. Uh, and uh, you know, you can have multiple mattresses from Mattress Man. And they're high quality mattresses at that. The Biltmore Collection, I mean, hello, these are luxurious mattresses that are at the hotel and at the inn on the grounds of the Biltmore Estate, and they are sold exclusively at Mattress Man stores, and they're made in America. They're actually made in North Carolina by Restonic out of Fayetteville, okay? Uh, It's a new year. Give yourself a better sleep. Save during the New Year's sleep sale. It's going on right now, and remember the triple zero deal for financing, zero money down, zero APR for 24 months, and zero payments for 90 days. There's no better time to get a new mattress, okay? Uh, make a resolution this year to get a better night's sleep and get it with a mattress from Mattress Man and get it right now while the deals are uh, happening. At mattressmanstores.com, they have a 120-day comfort guarantee, five-star local delivery service. Uh, They do ship nationwide as well. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. So here's a great example, another one, of the split, the schism right now in the Republican Party. You've got a fellow by the name of Eric Cunningham, who is host of The Map Room, and he says, imagine if instead of spending the last month tilting at windmills, that the Trump team instead conceded the election and moved on, giving Purdue and Leffler cover to run a stronger campaign. Would it have won? Maybe, but they didn't lose because normal Republicans were not engaged. Gen Z GOP phone banked. Other state parties phone banked. Conservative groups phone banked. What, what were Trumpists doing? Delegitimizing elections and trying to overturn an election that they clearly lost. Okay, this is what Eric Cunningham, uh, host of The Map Room and founder of EIC uh, Elections Daily, um, conservative guy, right? This is what he, this was his take. You know what his you know what he got as a response fellow by the name of Investment Chad, who says on Twitter, no, you lost because you decided to give Pakistani gender studies money while shutting down relief for Americans. At least Trump gave the lip service, which, of course, he really only did after the final draft was done and they started getting bashed because it only had $600 for people as the relief check. And I was actually uh, on the radio a couple of uh, weeks ago uh, doing you know fill-in work over the holidays, And the first caller, and I talked about this topic, and the first caller I got, she said the $600 was nothing. She would have ripped it up and sent it back. Right? That was a pro-Trump person saying that the $600 was an insult. Okay? Uh, Why didn't Trump take more of an active role negotiating that? I asked at the time. Nobody had a good answer. Why would you throw this into Mitch McConnell's court on the way out the door? Right? Why would you make this something? And by the way, if you're Mitch McConnell, why wouldn't you just do the two grand? I don't understand. It just makes sense if you're trying to uh, harness a populist movement. It is the populist thing to do. And I don't know why this was such a colossal mess up by the Republicans. And that includes Trump and it includes the, quote, establishment Mitch McConnell wing right of the uh, the GOP. Dave Wasserman, the U.S. House editor of the Cook Political Report and an NBC News contributor, says it turns out that when your coalition depends so much on one person, Donald Trump, driving turnout, there are some big downside risks when that person is not on the ballot. I've said this from the beginning. This is the problem, just like with Obama, when you have a personality-driven movement, it's fine until the personality is no longer around, right? thing with Obama was when Obama wasn't on the ballot, Nobody really turned out to vote, and Democrats 
lost seats all across America for a very, very long time. Uh, So same thing with Trump. If he's not on the ballot, a lot of his supporters don't come out to vote. In fact, hang on a second. Here's a here you go. This is Cassandra Fairbanks. She's a writer at Gateway Pundit, which is uh, sort of a, a nexus point for all crazy uh, conspiracies and such. Gateway Pundit writer, she says, I'm not a conservative. I'm a Trump supporter and a populist, and I'm having trouble sympathizing with tweets from establishment GOP folks. I'm an America first nationalist and an isolationist. The Republican Party without Trump is not something I would fight for. Either it's Trump's GOP or I don't care. Think about how short-sighted that is, by the way. It's his party or you don't care. So what does that mean then? When he's no longer in office, then what? You have no political party, then the whole your whole political philosophy just is gone because he's not around anymore. I, I don't understand this line, but I've never been one that goes down this path. I've never been one that subscribes to this line of thinking that, you know, I believe a politician is our savior somehow. I've, I've never thought that. I think politicians just do varying degrees of bad and uh, slightly less deg- varying degrees of good. <laughs> well, probably more than slightly less various. <laughs> they don't do a lot of good uh, and they do a lot of bad to various degrees. That's generally my opinion of elected officials, which is why I'm totally fine with gridlock. That's why I'm okay with a lot of that stuff. Uh, stuff not getting done because I prefer them not taking an active role in my life. You know, I prefer them not trying to help me because, like Reagan said, scariest words in the English language are I'm from the government and I'm here to help. Now, I can help you uh, score some real U.S. military surplus at Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Uh, Actually, all I just need to do is tell you where to go. Uh, It's downtown Clyde on Main Street. You can also go to his website, oldgrouch.com. Winter is here, and if you work outside or you spend a lot of time outside, if you're a hunter, fisherman, uh, or maybe you just like to go on, you know, long walks, you're a hiker or something, uh, and it's cold, you need some good gear. Military-grade thermal underwear in all sizes, uh, wool sweaters, military field jackets in solid green and camouflage, toboggans, wool socks, Gore-Tex jackets, uh, heavy-duty warm clothing, and you're going to get it a lot cheaper than you find at most outdoor stores. Also, make your emergency kits now for your car uh, or you know, a food supply or a medical kit. So if you, if you do go hiking, you got to have a medical kit with you in case something happens. You come across somebody on the trail that needs help, you're going to be prepared. Be prepared. Go to Old Grouch's Military Surplus. Really cool stuff. And by the way, he's always interested in buying stuff, too. So if you have some old surplus, uh, you're curious, you know, can you fetch in, uh, any money for it? Give him a call. Head on over to oldgrouch.com or stop into the shop. Main Street, downtown Clyde, open Monday through Saturday. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. Some more reaction now. These are people who are blaming Donald Trump for the losses in Georgia. Bonchi at Red State says Trump is still not going to be president in two weeks and no amount of fighting is going to change that. So enjoy the march in D.C. because that fleeting focus and energy was traded for control of the Senate and to guarantee the Democrats get everything. This was the time to be transactional, not emotional. Tiana Lowe, a writer for Washington Examiner, says Trump failed the final loyalty test to the GOP by asking them to embrace the career-ending delusion that he won. Why should Republicans burn their own fates to be loyal to him? He probably cost you the Senate. Stop debasing yourselves for his ego. Chris Moody is a national reporter covering uh, the South. He's a writer for CNN uh, Politics and Vice and Yahoo News and ABC and a bunch of others. He says, so many Georgia Republicans I interviewed told me that they did not trust early and mail-in voting because Trump told them not to. Said that they would wait until Election Day to vote, but they still didn't trust the machines. So those are people who are obviously blaming Trump. That's one camp. Here's the other camp that says, no, no, it's not Trump. It's the establishment, rhino, deep state loving GOP. They're the reason why Georgia uh, 
voters picked two Democrats. Uh, Eric says on Twitter, I don't think blaming Trump for two candidates that were seemingly made from CNN fever dreams is the play here. Looking like two caricatures of Republicans weren't the best candidates. Joe Biden went to Georgia and promised them all $2,000 checks. Republicans countered by doing absolutely nothing. This wasn't hard to see coming. Kevin Boyd from the Boyd Report says many MAGA types made it clear they did not care about the Senate because Mitch McConnell is a rhino and they didn't get their $2,000 checks. Another fellow named Alex says they're going to lose to a dude that ran over his wife with his car because their candidate couldn't help but insider trade off of a pandemic. That's not Trump's fault. That's the greedy oligarch in the Senate's fault. Robbie Starbuck says it looks like both Georgia seats are going to flip Democrat. You can blame establishment Republicans for not getting $2,000 stimulus checks done. Blame Republic or people who told Georgia Republicans not to vote because of fraud. Blame not running MAGA candidates. Rhinos betraying Trump as well. He says, I'm not saying that Lynn Wood is the sole reason two radical leftists are on their way to becoming Georgia's senators. I'm saying his encouraging folks not to vote is part of it, along with fraud, $2,000 checks, spineless rhino stabbing Trump in the back, and no special counsel to investigate fraud. And yes, I'm hacked off. I'm mad because this isn't a game. Communists and socialists already destroyed my family once in Cuba, and people are making the same mistakes in America now that others made then. They lie to take power and destroy your country. People need to wake up. Sean Davis, founder of TheFederalist.com, said instead of investigating obvious mail-in voter fraud and demanding reforms in Georgia, the GOP establishment attacked Trump. Those same Republicans then refused to give more than $600 to Americans whose livelihoods were destroyed by lockdowns. Uh, Republicans never fail to fail. The same establishment architects of the GOP Senate failures will blame Trump for these losses, for their losses, while ignoring the fact that Senate Republicans got the most votes in November when Trump was on the ticket. Georgia's incompetent GOP governor and corrupt secretary of state had ample time to reform the election procedures that caused such mayhem in November. But the governor, Brian Kemp, stuck uh, stuck his head in the sand while Brad Raffensperger, the secretary of state, leaked Trump phone calls to get revenge on David Perdue. If your home gets robbed and you respond by ignoring the broken glass and missing valuables uh, and instead declare everything is totally fine instead of, you know, installing an alarm system and securing your stuff, you're going to get robbed again and again and again. Then there are those who are blaming both groups. And I think I'm in both. of I think I'm in this camp of the blame both sides. Nathan Wurzel uh, from the Washington Examiner, he says, we just lost to a guy who assaulted his wife, prevented an investigation of child abuse in his summer camp, didn't pay his taxes and spews hate at Jews and the military. The other guy we lost to is a trust fund airhead who hasn't done a useful thing in his short existence on the planet. And somehow we managed to encourage just enough people that as bad as these two pathetic Democrats are, voting for our candidates was worse. Which, really, if you think about it, it is quite an accomplishment for the Republicans in Georgia. So hats off <laughs> for that. Um, and look, I've always said this when it comes to elections. Uh, candidates matter, okay? Candidates matter, always. And maybe these two candidates weren't the best, but I don't think the Democratic candidates were the best either. The amount of money that was pumped into Georgia for uh, this race, it broke all sorts of records, just obliterated them. So the turnout numbers were high, but it does look like Trump voters did not turn out to vote for the two Republican candidates. And that's a problem. That's a wrap for this episode. Uh, remember, subscribe to the podcast, give it a positive review, and consider becoming a patron of the program. Links are in the description of the podcast and at thepetecalendarshow.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for the support. Talk with you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.